Hello, everyone. Thank you for checking out this special episode of Really Dicey. This is Manny, and I'm here with... Lynn Hardy, the line editor for the upcoming Rivers of London role-playing game and the associate editor for Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. And speaking of Call of Cthulhu, we're going to talk about something that was published about two years ago, I would say, approximately, uh, Children of Fear. Um, a very epic Call of Cthulhu campaign uh, from Chaosium. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. So um, I figured this, since the book has been out for some time now, I wanted to talk to you about um, uh, uh, Keeper Tips. Um, now, I'm, I'm sure uh, I'm sure you've heard uh, questions from from players and and, uh, and other keepers. Uh, I'm sure you have some some thoughts about it afterwards. But before we get into that, if I may ask, how did this book exactly come about? I, I felt that the this topic was I love the setting. I'm just curious, how did how did Kiasm decide? Okay, let's focus on this. It's one of those shaggy dog stories, Manny. Um, and it was one that kind of came about almost by accident in in some ways. Um, before I came to work for Chaosium, obviously I'd worked for Modifius. I was the lead writer and uh, line editor for the Acton Cthulhu Kickstarter project for Modifius. And as part of that, I wrote the world spanning campaign that was Shadows of Atlantis. And I'd got so many notes that I really wanted to, to use some of the ones that hadn't been used about India, Tibet, that kind of an area, because it's fascinating historically and mythologically. And there's some really great places there and locations that, you know, in my mind, I thought would be great to use as backdrops for a, a Call of Cthulhu scenarios or another Call of Cthulhu campaign. Now, this was all around the time that Moon Design took over Chaosium. And I happened to be at Gen Con that year and the new owners of Chaosium were there at Gen Con that year. And as it so happened, the Chaosium booth was over the other side of the aisle to the Modifius booth. Um, so I I knew I kind of probably should go and say hi, because uh, obviously everything I'd done for Acton Cthulhu had been sent to Mike Mason for review to make sure that everything was OK. So I had a working relationship with Mike, but I and I knew some of the new owners through years of attending gaming conventions but I was a bit shy about it um, and my good friend Robin Laws was there uh, and I went to see him and he basically said point blank have you been to see the new owners of Chaosium yet and I sort of did my usual dithering shy British person thing and Robin root marched me straight back over to the Chaosium stand introduced me to Jeff Richards um, I won't say what he said because there's a bleepy word in it, uh, but then I ended up sitting down at a table with Jeff discussing ideas for a world, well, not a world spanning campaign, but an epic campaign set in the northern India, Tibet region. I then went away, um, did some more research, wrote a brief. Um, that brief then went to Mike who went over it with me and it was refined even further. And it became very obvious that what I thought the campaign was going to be wasn't what it wanted to be because certain things kept coming up in the research, certain themes, which we can't really mention because obviously that would massive spoilers for what's going on in the book. So it got refined into something completely different. So basically most of the research that I'd hoped to use from Shadows of Atlantis still never got used. <laughs> Because Children of Fear decided it wanted to be its own thing. There are two things about this book that I think I've come across other keepers and other players asking about. And I think 
as much as they love the setting to, to some keepers it's it's very new to them this this mm-hmm. not just this side of the world in general but this side of the world during this time period um so i if, i wanted to ask if anyone that's that maybe needs some more like visual um uh something visual to kind of understand the setting better are there any maybe books or movies or something that they can watch and prepare um ahead of time um as they're opening up this book it is a region of the world that we're not expecting um, Chaosium's Western audience to necessarily be familiar with. And to be fair, that was one of the reasons why we chose it, because it isn't an area that Chaosium itself has particularly explored as far as Call of Cthulhu goes. And that was as much to surprise the players as it was to surprise their investigators. But yes, it is it is an unusual place. That's why we have the what your investigator knows handouts in there, because that was certainly the feedback that came back from playtest was that we don't really know that much about some of these places now, let alone in the 1920s. So that was there. I'm just going to double check the resources in the back of the book um because this is why i like to have a resource section at the back Mm. um because yeah you know it is a very strange place and it is a very different place to those who are used to running um campaigns in europe or egypt or lovecraft country basically so in terms of films One of my absolute favourites is Black Narcissus by Powell and Pressburger. So this is an amazing, lush, technical movie from the 1940s. So it's a little bit later, but it's a very good film for getting the atmosphere of isolation and creeping dread. And it's basically about a bunch of nuns who take over a monastery high up in the Himalayas on the Indian side of the border. Like I said, if you want an absolute masterclass in how to create slow building dread, it's it's really an amazing film to watch. Some fantastic performances in there. Um, there are a couple of good TV series if you can track them down. Um, there's one called In Search of Myths and Heroes, The Search for Shangri-La, uh, which was a BBC or an ITV one, if I remember right. So that can be found on streaming services sometimes. Um, you've got things like there was a TV series called The Silk Road, which was very useful. Again, I think that was a BBC one. Um, there's um, two documentary series called The Story of China and The Story of India, which are well worth digging out if you can find them. Um, there's an amazing Tibetan film called Soul on a String, which again kind of digs into Tibetan mythology and it's very good at um, evoking a sense of place and mystery. In terms of books, you really can't go wrong with anything by Peter Hopkirk or Charles Allen on India and Tibet. They've done a lot of writing about it and they're very easy and accessible books. They're great to read. If you want some genuine source, original source material, then anything by Alexandra David Nael, who was the woman who snuck her way into Lhasa in the 1920s. And they are fascinating books. They were written after the fact, quite a few years after the fact, but again, well worth going and having a look for. But anything that really you can find on the history of China, the history of India, or the history of Tibet, particularly those regions. There's also a really useful podcast called Why We Love Dunhuang, 
which is running on Spotify and various other platforms at the moment, which gives you a lot of history about the Silk Road and one of the locations in particular throughout history, which may well also be useful for, for keepers. Hmm. And the second thing I, I come across from other keepers is that, um, well, I try, I'm trying not to be spoilery, <laughs> but let's just say <laughs> the uh, subterfuge. Um, do you have any, uh, now I, my, my players are, are a little bit too smart, <laughs> I, I've noticed. Um, so I have to be really, really careful if I'm trying to be sneaky. Do you have any tips or suggestions about uh, keepers being um, uh, as sneaky as they can be? I think the best tip I can probably give is... Um, it's all to do with building tension. Obviously, you do need to be sneaky. There's there's quite a lot. And the idea of the campaign is that it's this slow build of probably confusion to start with, um, because what on earth is going on? And then this growing feeling of not everything is, is right. And then this slow buildup of dread, that you know, everything seems to be arrayed against them. Um, but I mean, if your players are smart, lean into it, um, you know, see if they can battle against the odds to to deal with the issue. Um, so, yes, be as sneaky as you can be, but don't be worried if your players do figure it out and do decide to take action. Um, the whole point of this is that, you know, you and your players are meant to have fun solving the mystery, taking care of the issues. And if they happen to work out quite early on what's going on, then that just means that, you know, you wrap things up slightly more quickly. But thankfully, there are one or two extra bits in the book that, you know, you can you can pull out and you can use a standalone adventure. So hopefully, even if they do figure it out quite fast and you do resolve slightly more quickly than you're, in, you're anticipating, there's still lots of material, lots of ideas in there for you to have other adventures going on in that area. That makes sense? Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> you see, well, it's very hard to talk about being sneaky without giving massive plot spoilers for this one. Yeah, it, it is. It is difficult. Um, and I, and, and um, reader of uh, readers, viewers, uh, if you're if you're hearing this, you should definitely if you if you've been enjoying the Call of Cthulhu books, you haven't picked this up, you really should. There's some really good twists and turns um, in this in this book. Um, now, now this book has been out for maybe close to two years now since it's been printed. Have you received any like interesting questions that uh, reoccurring questions from from uh, readers from the book? Quite often is how do you fit it in amongst other campaigns? Um, I deliberately wrote it so that it all takes place before Masks of Nihilathotep. Now, I know that the general company line, or at least certainly Mike's line and, and also mine as well, to a very large extent, is that each of the campaigns kind of take place in their own little pocket universe. So, you know, if things go hideously wrong in Children of Fear, it doesn't necessarily mean that you can't then just go to Masks of Nihilathotep because that's a different trouser leg of time that just got totally annihilated. There's still this other one over here that you can go and do Masks in. Um, but I did try to make sure that it was it took place before that so that if you did want to run them contiguously, it meant that basically your plays were at least in vaguely the right part of the world to start getting pulled in um, to some of the later chapters. I mean, it, it would take a little bit of work to, to sort of like 
start masks in the nearest location, but it wouldn't necessarily be impossible. And of course, depending on, you know, there are political events going on in certain of the regions that do make it very difficult to move the time of the campaign, but you certainly can if you want to. So that if you've already run masks, technically you could actually run Children of Fear after it. You just have to cheat with the history. But then this is a game and it doesn't really matter if you cheat with the history to a certain extent because it's got dirty great Cthuloid monsters in it, magic and stuff like that. Hmm. <laughs> so so for those that have played this um have played this adventure and um um want to continue in the setting, maybe they want to jump into another Call of Cthulhu adventure, but they still want to uh, explore this part of the world some more. Um are there any thoughts or suggestions of how to do so? Um are there certain uh, venture seeds you would recommend? Um, well, obviously you've got Dr. Pyra Marl, who is in the area. He's a real person. Um, he actually existed. He worked for the Welcome Trust, uh, which was um, Welcome's basic way of, of going around collecting medical um, paraphernalia from all around the world um, and as 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 well as a whole load of other stuff. So, I mean, if there's anywhere out in that region that you fancy exploring, having Pyra Mal basically go, oh, the Welcome Trust has charged me to find X, you know, you've got your perfect lead in for someone who can act as a um, an adventure dispenser effectively. And that's one of the reasons why he's also in the in the rule book as well in, in Children of Fear is so that, you know, if anything happens, he knows the right people who could potentially become investigators for you. So why not use him as a scenario dispenser? Um, there's lots of little um, things that get mentioned. Obviously, you've got the various different cities. If you like and are interested by certain of the cities that the characters visit, then do a little bit of research on them. Um, as I mentioned, when you research these things, you end up with copious notes. There are so many cool, weird things going on in all of the places that are visited that I never got to include in this book. So go and have a look. Websites, travel guides, you name it. There will be something there that is really weird that you can twist very easily to actually make it a Cthulhu adventure. There are one or two other books in the pipeline, um, but I can't really talk about them. They're from licensees and, and various other people, but I'm not sure they've actually been announced yet. So, hmm. um, I, What's great about Call of Cthulhu books is that sometimes uh, the setting is almost like a an NPC in a sort of way. Um, uh, I, I, I think we know that history can be very horrible <laughs> and, and it is very horrible actually um but um uh, how do you have any tips about about setting as a as a living uh, uh character in your game using it that way as you say that the history of this particular part of the world that this campaign is set in is a thousands and thousands of years old you have some it touches on some tremendously ancient civilizations, some of which are still with us, some of which aren't. It touches on um, three massive empires. So it touches on the British Empire, the Chinese Empire and the Russian Empire. Uh, and 
you know, everybody trying to do massive land grabs in Central Asia and gain control of that entire re region. So if your characters like political intrigue, there's no reason why you can't get them involved in that as well. I mean, there were huge spy networks all over the area because China wanted Tibet, Russia wanted Tibet and Northern India, Britain, let's face it, wanted pretty much everything that was and wasn't nailed down. Um, and there were some real seriously dubious things going on in that area in terms of international espionage. It was called The Great Game. Um, another film, if you can find it, actually is the film Kim from 1950, which stars a very young Dean Stockwell and Errol Flynn, which is based on Rudyard Kipling's book of the same name, which is all about espionage in that, that region of the world and The Great Game. So, you know, you can really skew things towards being almost like a spy thriller if you really want to. Obviously, you've still got huge amounts of exploration going on in that part of the world. The 1920s was um, a big time for people trying to get into Tibet because it was a closed country. Nobody was allowed in there on pain of death, except with British permission by this point. So, you know, if you really want to, to look at um, exploration history, you can bring that in and, and you can effectively take the scenic route and, and use that to help have that history to help fuel and enrich your games. Um, obviously, if you want to examine colonialism, um, you can do that too. But every group's mileage is going to vary massively on that. And that's why there is guidance in Children of Fear about dealing with it. Because, you know, the, the situation in British India was horrendous. And there was gigantic amounts of racism. Um, and not every group is going to want to deal with that in their game because it may well be their lived experience every day of their lives and they want their game to be something away from that. But it's there if groups want to look at it, want to examine it, as long as they do so respectfully. Because obviously this is real history that still has repercussions to this day. Mm. Well, that leads to my to my next question. Um, if if this book was studied studied in colleges, um, what what themes do you hope that uh, they can learn uh, from children of fear? Exploration broadens the mind for a start. Um, every Everywhere you go, every person you meet has something to teach you. You know, yours is not the only worldview. Yours is not the only outlook. Um, there are fabulous things out there that you can find. Um, I think I would also like it to spark curiosity about things that you don't particularly know. I love learning about new things. Um, and that was one of my aims for this book was to introduce places that people might not have been so familiar with so that and they would enjoy learning about them. But yeah, I think basically it's, it's that it's the fact that there is so much out there that you can learn. Um, and you should never close your mind to those opportunities would be the main thing that I would hope would be looked at i would also hope actually that they could be used as a springboard to discuss the history and colonialism um and issues like that um because of, obviously with this being a historical game particularly in the 1920s 
sometimes that in the past has been glossed over when we've you know things have gone down more of a pulp route um and i think we just need to be a little bit more aware that there are you know history holds some very dark secrets it's not just all running in there reading out the ritual and slapping Cthulhu on the nose and living to fight another day kind of thing hmm. um if if i was running this game and you were one of my one of my players one of my investigators uh who would you what character would you play Ooh. it's probably gonna have to be an archaeologist really <laughs> <laughs> Because again, there you know, there's massive amounts of archaeological exploration going on in this period of time in that region, or possibly a paleontologist, um, because you know you're you're quite close to the Gobi Desert at this point, and they're starting to make all sorts of interesting discoveries of dinosaurs at that point in the Gobi Desert. Mm -hmm. um, and again, you have to look at that with a critical eye because let's face it. The Western archaeologists were busily just going into this region and stealing everything that wasn't nailed down. So, you know, while it was it's fun to play, you always have to be aware of what was actually going on historically at this region in in this region with people like Orpelio, um, Langdon Warner, and um, Mark Orlstein just basically going in, paying coppers for stuff and taking cartloads of priceless artifacts away from their their areas of origin just to stock western museums basically and satisfy western benefactors hmm. um will there ever be a children of fear part two do you see a <laughs> a sequel no. <laughs> no i don't largely because um i've written two large campaigns on my own for call of cthulhu now um i've also written large campaigns on my own for other game systems and i i really just need someone to stop me next time i even vaguely suggest doing something that stupid um obviously they they take a lot of time and a lot of work i mean this one this one took five years roughly from start to finish it shouldn't have taken quite that long but there was this big almost two year period in the middle where I was working on Masks of Nihilathotep, which kind of derailed things somewhat. But they are a lot of work on your own. Um, and the climate has changed since I started writing this. And let's let's put it this way. There are other people out there who are better for writing scenarios in this part of the world than I am. Is there uh, any any final thoughts, anything that I haven't asked about that you want to share about this book? There was a lovely story from Chaosium Con. Um, there was a, a gentleman came up to me and introduced himself um, and basically said, oh, hello, I'm I'm a professor of Tibetan Buddhism. And I, I wanted to hide under the sofa at that point in time because it was like, oh, heck, here we go. Uh, and he actually thanked me for having, you know, got, most of it right you know and having done a sympathetic portrayal and, and tried to be as authentic as I possibly could and that was very much down to help and assistance that I um, you know received from two ordained Tibetan Buddhists who had gone over the entire manuscript for me to make sure that I hadn't done anything egregious 
because obviously this does touch on real world religions and you need to make sure that you're doing that sensitively and respectfully. Not a particularly religious person, but that does not give me the right to go trampling over other people's faiths just to tell a story. Hmm. Um, so I was very relieved that people who are experts in these areas think that we did a good and sympathetic job. And, and that's good to know. Because the last thing I want to do is is cause offence to anybody because I've misunderstood something. Hmm. Well, uh, thank you, Dr. Hardy, for taking the time to uh, uh, talk to us about children of fear. Um, uh, I enjoy it very much. What I what I really love about the Call of Cthulhu books, I mean, as much as they're fun to play, is that you always learn something. Uh, every setting that they put out, you learn something that kind of afterwards you stop and read it like okay i really want to know more what's happening here you know more of the context of what's going on where did it lead to you know what how, how's it how's that what happened then affected things now uh, so yes th thank you for taking the time to talk to us you're very welcome and i'm glad that's how you feel about it because that's kind of obviously these aren't meant to be travel guides but they are meant to spark your imagination so that you do go off and and find interesting other places nearby not too far away that you can set your own adventures in and if they're doing that then great we've done our job hmm. so viewers um i will put a link in the description below if this is your first time hearing about children of fear uh this is uh put a link check it out you'll definitely enjoy it and um everyone out there be safe take care we'll see you soon have a great day everyone goodbye everyone thank you